This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by rock sponsor Subsplash. Subsplash is a technology company that provides software solutions for churches and nonprofit organizations. Connect with Subsplash today at rockrms.com slash sponsors. So welcome to this special edition of the Rockcast podcast. In this uh, episode, we're going to be talking about a character from uh, our organization. And the reason why I am doing the intro is because it's Emily. And we just didn't feel like that was right for her to have to do her own intro, even though they're much better than mine. (laughs) So welcome, Emily. Thank you. And today we're here to talk about you. I noticed you referred to me as a character. (laughs) I was just trying to add a little pizzazz to the intro. Yeah, Did it work? Oh, it did. Yeah, okay. I'm questioning myself already. All right. We did try to talk you into talking about yourself in third person for the whole podcast, but you politely denied that request. Right. That, we'll save that for interviewing Gollum later okay. this year. We're going to do that. Nice. We are. Mm-hmm. Great. So tell us, how did you become part of this whole rock experience? Uh, okay, I will not tell the long version because that could take days. But um, it was it's actually kind of a surprise. If I go back to my past self and look forward, I would have been surprised. Um, I met you, John, and you, Nick, when I came on staff at Christ Church of the Valley as a communication director many, many years ago. And I was part of the combined communications technology team. And uh, at that point, Rock was something that was being done... Um, uh, still under the separate nonprofit and under the blessing of CCV, but a lot of it was done nights and weekends, and then the parts that were really important to to CCV internally were done um, at, at the office and during work time. And, and Nick, you would come up from Central Christian on Fridays mm-hmm. and volunteer. So I was interacting all the time with people who were working on Rock, but I do not have a technology background. I have a communications background. So I kind of felt like that was the other side of the team that really spoke um, some other language. So I, um, I do like languages, but I did not speak tech. Um, so. Yet. Uh, so yes, so you would you would say whatever you were saying in in tech gobbledygook, and I would answer in Spanish, and it worked really well. So we we primarily stuck to English and communications. Um, but the, as the team was growing, and as um, really, I think as you were getting ready for the um, the 1.0 beta, um, you needed some help with some communications things, and and it just seemed like the the need for that was probably going to pick up a little bit. And I said, sure, I can help out with that. I think there was some documentation that may have needed to be edited too. And I said, oh, okay, yeah, no problem. I can I can help with that. So I started doing a little bit of volunteer work on the side, and um, you know, it was fun. And you guys are all fun, even if I didn't understand you much. And then John said, <laughs> hey, you know, um, I. I'm having uh, I'm having trouble getting to once the documentation is edited, and you have that in place. Would you mind just popping it over here into HTML? And I said, Oh, I heard about that in college. Actually, I think I did a little something on a website in HTML way back in the day for an insurance marketing company. But um, uh, I remember paragraph tags, and that's about it. 
but I do like to learn things, and I'm an excellent trained monkey. That's what I <laughs> refer to myself as around here. So <laughs> I, I trained monkeyed myself into um, uh, putting our documentation into HTML and then adding like emergency code tags when I didn't know how to do something. Which, which isn't the easiest HTML just to put it out there. I mean, we have lots of custom uh, attributes you have to decorate it in to get all the versions when you did it. And John likes really to well. make people feel extra special and competent. So what? <laughs> let's let's back up for a second and mention that you put all of the formulas for that right up above the block where you write the HTML. So the copy paste trained monkey wizard was really able to work that out. We use that same those same shortcuts. Right. Yeah. You're explaining to exactly what programming is. It's basically <laughs> copy paste. Well, then I and yeah, reading yeah. Stack Overflow between the two, you're pretty much eighty percent there. Yeah. Well. Anyway, I guess that's my background. That's how we connected. And then um, at the point that Rock was really getting to be too big to be anybody's side gig, um, there are a lot of things involved in running an organization that don't involve the same kind of trained monkey work. I think I probably have a a cap there somewhere. We've probably about hit that ceiling. (laughs) Um, But there are other things that I do actually have a lot of background in, um, involved in uh, like startup business type things and operational, administrative. Um, So I did have a lot of background in that as well. And and I could see a, um, a value add in being a part of the team in that area and allowing those of you who are not trained monkey who are really talented at technology to just focus on doing your thing. Right, and I think one of the crucial things you did for us early on is just helped us with the messaging, that we had this vision for the product and, and uh, the model, but we were not very good at articulating that. So we kept using the word free too much, probably. Uh, you know, I think it was um, well articulated for people who are really familiar with open source and who are technologists. And it was really exciting. And so I think you had a great community rallying around you that had been inside the church tech space for a while and were also disappointed with the options or uh, disappointed with the direction of the options that they were going. Um, but if you want to get leadership involved in things, that you do have to take a slightly different perspective. So it was kind of exciting to come in really with fresh eyes as I had no background in um, uh, the technology angle of what churches need other than having used it myself and having seen how that works. Um, and it was really exciting to come in and say, okay, well, what about this? And, and okay, well, I kind of see things from this angle. Or how would you talk to a leader about that? So it was a lot of asking questions, and I think we still do a lot of asking questions. I think that's a really handy technique. Yeah, we're still trying to figure it all out, I think. I guess. Do you think we'll ever get there? Uh, I don't know. I think it'll just change as we get there. Probably. So then you moved into helping us with things like the conference. Right. The administration. I mean, I think people would be amazed at all the things that you do. Yeah, I was going to ask, what do you do? But but then I realized the better question is to say, what don't you do? Because well, I can't elaborate you, too heavily on that because it's in a language I don't speak. You do a lot <laughs> around here. <laughs> well, I um, have never yet had a day where I said, "I'm done." Early, I have nothing to do. I better go home. <laughs> right. It's usually quite the opposite. Right. So all the so I'll I'll give you a short list because I Emily will never talk about all these things, all the finances, which is ama- amazingly hard because we have this delicate balance of nonprofit profit like for consulting and there's a, it's such a delicate balance because we are also want to be at the highest level of integrity with that mm-hmm. so 
there's a million transactions that have to go back and forth and, and talking with our accountant to make sure that we got everything just right. Um, also, just to throw this in, because Emily would never mention this, uh, but our accountant, our, I mean, our books are getting pretty complex. Our accountant at the end of the year, when they're doing our you know, tax forms, said, we have never had a customer have every transaction just right to the penny and everything's right. They, I mean, in, you did their job. Are you uncovering my OCD for the world to see? <laughs> right, but it, uh, and this <laughs> just is like, rip the bandaid. Why don't this you? is an accountant who works with a lot of nonprofits and who has been doing that for a lot of years, and she says the first time that's ever happened. So that's amazing. So our books are not easy. They're not they're complex. Being a nonprofit and also having a for profit owned by a nonprofit, it's a little complicated. It's tricky, um, and then. You know, tracking all the time allocations for each of the employees so that it gets all in the right places. We have the HR stuff. Uh, Emily's our chief hiring uh, person. She's like meets and talks with all the people before they get to us, uh, kind of weeding all that out, finding them. I mean, gosh, it's amazingly hard to find um, people. And if you're listening and you're a talented developer and you're not currently employed at one of our rock churches, give me a call. Right. <laughs> Always looking to fill the bench. What else? Pledges, donations, you, you help track those down. Yeah. Uh, you interface with a lot of customers, whether it's uh, partners or churches or mm-hmm. new, new and upcoming churches or customer churches. Yeah, the, the partnerships are all, I mean, you're talking with partners at least once a day. Oh, constantly. But yeah. that's fun. I mean, this the stuff you're talking about, this is all, well, the bookkeeping, not so fun, but necessary. But talking with all the people, that's my that's my thing, right? Right. The conference, which is, it sounds like a once a year thing. It's not. It's an all year. We, I mean, we started yes, planning this one the day after the last one. In yes. fact, probably even before on location and, and stuff. Um, helping us with our release process. So that's true. Right There's some interesting that. project management components of of a few things that I'm involved in. Right. And and even from the the consulting, you work with the customer to, to try to figure out what they need and try to find a hole in our development cycle to get that in. So it's it's amazing. I, I would say if Rock is a movie, Emily's the producer. Like oh yeah. She's the one trying to make sure everything's funded, organized, everything is ready for the directors and the everybody else to to get their stuff done. Can I share my secret? Mm-hmm. It's smile and irritate. <laughs> I am the smiling you irritant that, yeah, inside the really team, well. outside the team. Because people don't really realize that it's irritating right. when you're smiling. Yeah. Right. right. Eventually you're going to scratch that itch that I just created. So that's what you do here. What do you do on the outside? What are, you, what are your hobbies? What do you love to do? Um, you know, I have fewer hobbies now than I used to. I have an awesome family that I do a lot of stuff with. I have um, one kid in elementary school, one in junior high, and one in high school. And as of last week, I have two teenage daughters. So you can imagine that keeps me very busy. So I, I love doing stuff with my family. Uh, my husband has uh, his own business. I do some things with that as well, not in the hobby range, but I do um, you know, the bookkeeping and things for that as well. Uh, so I stay fairly busy with all of that between sports and kids' activities and things. But when I have free time, I love traveling. I love people. I love uh, places, experiences. I have really been bitten by the travel bug hard. So I try to indulge that um, as much as I can. 
Um, I find that that makes life rich and fun. And that kind of extends into other things. I love languages. Um, So I spent years um, from high school all the way through college um, studying Spanish. And don't quiz me on that. I live in Arizona and never use Spanish. It's very tragic. But (laughs) at one point, I was to the point where I I was conversationally fluent in Spanish. I lived in Costa Rica for a summer and went to Guatemala for a, um, a winter and so that I loved that. I still do. And uh, as an adult, for a few years, I picked up some Italian lessons from a native Italian speaker and still love that. But I'm kind of in a space of life right now where I don't really have time to invest in that as much as I would like to. Someday you need to tell the story about the dog in uh, at, where you were in <laughs> South America. It'd be perfect for a podcast with a little sound effect. <laughs> oh my gosh. As you, were, as you were talking, I was thinking about that story. It's hard to not laugh. Okay, that's a throwback to the conference too. Can I just say this? The conference is kind of like my baby, right? We we feed it and coddle it all year and then it gets there and it's this incredible event and it does, it grows every year, it doubles. And by the time it's over, I know I talk to all of you all the time. I talk to the team all the time. I'm just chatty, chatty, chatty. I'm the most chatty person on our team, probably, maybe not with Robin, but at the end of the conference, I literally have no words left. Like the day after the conference, I can't talk. I have put so much into this for a full year. So the story that Nick is referring to was on a late night drive back from one of the conferences a couple years ago. I think John was driving and getting really tired and we were all trying to stay awake. So I start telling these ridiculous stories about my experiences in other countries. Yeah. And we someday we should do a podcast on that drive back because it was the most weird drive ever <laughs> we was. have funny stories we have a biker gang that's right and a dead body on that's the side of the road right. wow. all in one that's yes. why we're gonna go for it because we gotta that there has to be a podcast it sure does and you know what it's that's like a weird dream. um we had aaron france involved in that too <laughs> oh, remember right. that <laughs> we need to talk about the drive over too because that was that's pretty right. funny well, the music and strange spark tales or something like that or hocus pocus oh that'll kind of lead that into mystery sure would yeah so um Maybe we're we're a little more than you think that we are. We might just have all our, our weird sides over here too. Right. Yeah. So okay, we'll put that down for a podcast someday. That was amazing. Oh, and, and I, I just, used to do fine art way way back in the day. I have I struggle with carpal tunnel a little bit now, so I try to save my hands for the things I have to do on a daily basis. But I'd like to get back to that sometime. Hmm. So tell us about your love of Star Wars. Where did that come from? Oh, I'm all done with that subject. Throw her under the bus like that. It started, it finished. There was a small silence in between. And that is my complete vocabulary for my love of Star Wars. That it's a movie. Barely. What? (laughs) Just kidding. I'm kidding. Do not send me hate mail. I, I do know that it's a movie. I'm much more conversant in Star Wars than I would ever like to be or think was necessary to live. I don't. I frankly just don't understand how it is like the stuff of life to everyone else I work with. Did you know that a new movie just came out this week? I do, yes. Hmm. See, and I, she knows Star Wars. It still gives me a blank stare, but it comes up at oh, pretty much every team lunch, most meetings, uh, every event that I'm at. Insert Wookiee sound effect here. I have to tell you, I am the odd man out in a lot of things. I represent all the other people of the world to our team. You'd never, we would never know that. You would be kind enough not to say it, Nick. You're a good sport. We would not be here without you. So we are very, very thankful for (laughs) everything that you do and can't imagine trying to do this without you. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's not very complicated. It just 
needs to be done. I really consider my role to be to take the things that don't need to be done by a technologist and make sure they don't have to see it as much as possible. Love it. Yeah, I mean, that's a big piece of what we do. I mean, it's, it is. We, like when, you, Nick, you say we wouldn't be here without what you've brought to the table, it's completely true. 100% accurate. I have trained Monkey Learn to speak a little tech since back in the day, hmm. or at least to understand it, which I think is the first step in learning a new language. So if I changed your title in our rock to train monkey, would that be offensive? No, I'm the one who made that up. Okay, I was going to say, yeah. you said it, not me. Yeah, no, that's okay. So what do you think about from the future perspective? Like, what do you look forward to most? Wow. Um, I look forward to... Um, I look forward to the growth. It's painful and challenging and good, and it means a lot of great things. It means people are being helped. I love helping people. I love helping people reach people. Um, and there's so much of that ahead of us that it looks like there's none behind. I mean, if that's the perspective you use, it's it's all ahead of us on that. And um, I look forward to a few things. So I look forward to our challenge moving. I look forward to our funding being a little bit easier in the future. Um, our growth curve is so steep right now, it's hard to keep up with. And I have to spend a lot of time um, uh, trying to explain our model to people. And that's changing a little bit. Um, and I think it will continue to change. And I look forward to the joyful... Um, giving that churches are learning how to do that keeps us moving because we really are um, joyful creators of something that benefits people. And the more that model is understood, then the more time I'll get to be able to put into building relationships and strengthening community and partnerships and, and doing things that strengthen our team internally to help um, keep everybody in that you know non-burnout, really positive creator space. And it's kind of hard to do that in in upswing growth that's as heavy as ours. It's not impossible. It's just it's just a little bit of a challenge. And so when the challenge shifts, um, I look forward to that because I think it'll be more of an investment in in all the things that we all want to have happen. And not to put you on the spot, but what is one thing that the community could do to help make your job a little easier? Um, you know, the community is awesome. I love hearing from the community. Um, it makes my job a little bit easier if people consider the fact that one small thing in their life is could be a kind of big impact here. So when the community is flexible, then that makes everything easier. Whether it's um, timelines or whether it's donations or whether you know anything that's needs based, if there's some flexibility there, we'll totally incorporate and work with that. It's when there's inflexible need that makes it a little bit of a challenge. So just understand we're doing our best, um, but we have, you know, we have a huge scale of people to please and things to do. Right. 500 plus churches and right. you know, a team of less than 10. I always think it'd be really interesting to take a slice of our day um, and just show it, just open it up and show it to people like what we do. Cause we come in with a plan about the things that we need to do to move core forward, to move our partnerships forward, um, to, you know, improve our communications. And then by the end of the day there, we got to none of that because there were a lot of needs that came in that maybe could have been batched up a little bit differently, or maybe could have been a little more flexible on timeline. And, and not all of that is adjustable, but I think it is interesting because until you're inside and see it from the inside, like you can't even imagine it's, it's pretty weighty. Yeah, it's a good point. I always worry though, and when you when you say that, I think of that too. Sometimes I'm like, but that'll be the like the one day where it was an easy day. 
And those days never happened. Wait a minute. When was that day? I know, but it, that would be the one day. <laughs> the one day when the camera crew's following you around trying to like sh- <laughs> see how hard the day is. And then That's it's like, true. Uh, like crickets are chirping. <laughs> I don't think we're in danger of that day no. for a good 10 years. Right. Not even then. Well, Emily, thank you for everything you do. I think if people realized all the stuff you do, and we outlined some of it, but as I'm going through my head, I'm thinking of all the other things like property management and helping us get into our facility offices. And there's just so much that you do, and we we couldn't be here. We wouldn't be doing what we're doing without you. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. I consider this team full of my friends and the community full of my friends and our partners full of our friends. And, and I just think it's great that we all get to work together on this. Yeah, well, thanks again. And today's show was produced by Emily Foreman. And Nick was our audio engineer and does all the post-processing of putting on the social media. And Jim Michael does all the editing of the audio. And our amazing show notes are typed up and put together by Michael Garrison. episode of Rockcast is brought to you by Rock sponsor IT OneSource. Any IT products and services solutions can be acquired through IT OneSource. Connect with them today at rockrms.com/sponsors. <laughs>